Hey, listener, this is Josh Elledge, CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We are actively seeking guests for our daily commercial-free entrepreneurial inspiration podcast. If you know someone who is doing six to eight figures in business, send them our way. Just go to UpMyInfluence.com slash guest. Let's get on with the show. Okay. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Jen Amos, and I'm really excited because I get to interview an incredible entrepreneur who's been in the space for 20 years now, at least 20 years now, um, Andrew Calderella, who is the CEO of The Seventh Foundation and Consulting Ace. He also is a best-selling author of the book, The Way, and also started The One Movement. A couple of websites to check him out on, we have sevenway.me, that's number seven, W-A-Y. Dot me. His other website is drugtestingace.com. That's ace as an A-C-E. And then also consultingace.com. That's consultingace as an A-C-E.com. Andrew, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm really excited. Thank you. Yeah. And I just have to say, I'm honored to be the third person interviewing you in this kind of space. So thank you for thank the you. opportunity. <laughs> oh, thank you for having me here. It's an awesome. Yeah. I thought I'd start out by asking you, uh, you know, what compelled you to uh, start this media campaign for yourself? Well, I just finished my book and mm -hmm. uh, everybody keeps telling me being on podcasts is <laughs> the best way to get the word out. So uh, that's why I'm starting to do this. Mm -hmm. um, you know, my career is kind of diverse in a way. I started off as a kid in business, honestly. I was in elementary school. I uh, wow. started dealing cards to all the kids that I buy off the elementary or off the uh, ice cream truck. Mm -hmm. And it got so popular that the principal called my parents to shut it down because I was taking all the kids' lunch money. Um, wow. Yeah, That's I started amazing. another business when I was in college. My brother, uh, he went to the Naval Academy. And um, we started dealing cards to the, to the upperclassmen that were graduating but mm -hmm. we got shut down by Detroit because they got a word of what we were doing and they didn't want us to take all the business away from their locals. Wow. Um, so then, you know, from there, I've just uh, kind of grown and done pretty much anything you can imagine from sales. I was a recruiter, IT manager, you name it. I've pretty much done it. I <laughs> uh, started uh, Consulting Ace in 1999. Mm -hmm. uh, and then about a month later, I was hit by a car and I literally started my business laying out in my bed in pain and uh, couldn't walk really or stand up for about five years and uh, made that business a success and kind of branched out, did online marketing, SEO, strategic, uh, strategic consulting, took over a couple of companies, uh, partnered with other people. Uh, one of the businesses is a drug testing company I took over. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but at the same time, I just want to say that I've had this uh, greater mission and that's why I'm, I'm kind of going to circle back here to the yeah. book. Is during my whole life, I've been trying to answer these greater questions. I, I've had a lot of spiritual experiences, a lot of uh, uh, hard life experiences, and it just seemed like these answers weren't out there, but they were uh, reachable. So 30 yeah. years worth of research, 2015, I discovered the way, which is uh, on April uh, 3rd, 2015. I was sorting out the beginning and ending of this grander work that I was doing, and I kept finding my references to this is key to true success, this is key to true success. And mm -hmm. I put all these keys together in the right order, and it was like a secret code got unlocked, and I discovered the way, these seven steps. And mm -hmm. I worked for three days straight without much sleep or doing anything else the next five years to finish this book. Wow. This book really isn't about me. It's about humanity and how mm. we as humans can become the best pe people we can be and create a better society. Mm -hmm. um, and again, the message is what's important. It's uh, it's it's something where people look at it, and I've heard people say that this is something everybody needs to know and read. It's kind of the summation of human knowledge for the last, you know, I don't know, 
2,000, 3,000 years mm -hmm. uh, kind of summed up in a way that you can use it uh, to actually become a better person, make your life better, and uh, help our society. So I'm sorry, I went on there a little longer than I had intended. but No, don't apologize. I'm, I'm here my, for my, all uh, of it. My beginning here. Okay, okay. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm here for all of it. And I would have asked you those questions anyway. So you were able to, um, what do you call it, tackle the objectives before they came up or tackle the questions before they oh. came up. Uh, I would just want to start by saying thank you for, you know, sharing your story from the early ages of you, um, you know, as a kid, like starting your own little business. I think it's uh, kind of funny that you had two businesses that shut down um, because they were just getting so successful. And uh, but also that you continue to have that drive to keep doing what you do. I'm curious to know, where do you think that all stems from, like that drive to kind of fill in a void that's there or to create, you know, these business ideas and actually Im implement them? I know you started at such a young age, but do you kind of remember a time where it's like you just knew you had that yeah. instinct to do that? Well, I think uh, you know, my father was a businessman and we used to talk mm. about stuff all the time. I would also, I was born with uh, dyslexia and other learning disabilities, mm. also tested out as a genius in like abstract thinking and these other creative areas. Wow. So at the same time when I was struggling at school, I was also very creative in coming up with these other things to do. Mm -hmm. And uh, honestly, it may have been when I was in elementary school, there was a teacher that got up and ridiculed me in the class and said, oh, you'll never graduate. You should quit now and go get a job. It's like third, fourth, fourth grade probably. Wow. And uh, you should get a job. You'll never graduate. And it got, maybe that motivated me a little fear that I had to figure out how to make money because I wasn't going to graduate from school. Right. So it might have been just a, the idea that, uh, I don't know, that I could, I could make money. You know what I mean? It was like I, I brought these things to school to show my friends and they all wanted them. Then I was mm -hmm. like, oh, I bought them. So you're going to have to buy them for me. But I kept selling them for, you know, pack was like 25 cents or 50 cents or a dollar. Mm -hmm. But I'd sell each card for 25 cents or 50 cents. So, you know, I, I, I ended up making more and more and more money. And I kept buying more and more and more stuff. And uh, it just got kind of crazy. And I think that maybe sparked a little bit of uh, entrepreneurial, uh, uh, you know, that spark that everybody gets, I guess, when you're young and you just want to keep trying different things. You know, yeah. and actually, we, we didn't just do that. I had friends here. We did a little amusement park in our background or in our backyard where we invite people like all the kids from the neighborhood over and they could bowl. They could play all sorts of weird games, oh you know, gosh. for a dollar you could get in. And we did that during the summer. And, you know, it was just a part of my life, I guess. Yeah, you just always had this knack to, um, it's like once you noticed that there was a demand for something or a need for something, you just ran with it <laughs> and you ran with it yeah. until someone shut you down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, I think it's, uh, it's one of those things where you also, you learn so much as you go. And then every time you, uh, or you're a little bit successful, you're always looking for that next thing. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, it just seemed to be a part of my life. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, let's fast forward to today, Andrew, and talk a little bit about the companies that I had mentioned at the very beginning. Sure. So the first one is the Seventh Foundation, and I imagine that this aligns with uh, your new book uh, or, or with with the website SevenWay.me. Tell us, right. for people that are hearing about the Seventh Foundation for the first time, uh, what is it about, and who who is sure. this company for? Who does who do you guys serve? Sure, uh, the Seventh Foundation uh, is kind of the the uh, corporate entity around the way and all the training that's going to be going on and all the other parts of that business. Mm. So you write a book. It's not just a book that you're doing. If you're going to start a, uh, you know, a company, you need mm -hmm. to have a, an organization to do it. So that's what the seventh foundation is. So you put everything in there, uh, the website, uh, you know, the book that you're writing, 
it's all part of that same program. And I think that the, the Seventh Foundation is an organization right now that will grow into also helping to serve a lot of different communities because it's mm-hmm. a uh, it's pretty diverse in what we what we're trying to accomplish. If you know the way, it's not just one thing. You know, it covers. Uh, your personal life, your friendships, but also our society in general. So there's a mm-hmm. lot of um, opportunities for this company to grow. Yeah, definitely. And remind me, is the One Movement a part of the Seventh Foundation and Seven Way? Absolutely. Uh, the One Movement is about uh, creating positive change within people's lives and our society, but to do it peacefully. You know, within the mm. book, within the Seventh Foundation, actually list out the reason it's called uh, seven revolutionary steps is because I actually outline the exact steps on how to peacefully force positive change within our society without all the mess that we're going through right now. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, I find a lot of times that people aren't as far apart as our leaders would make us to be because they want us mm-hmm. divided so they can control us and have power and all the rest of it. But when you talk mm-hmm. to the normal everyday person about any of these issues, I find that we're all together. Most people in this country right now believe that they're patriots. They love yeah. America. Yeah. They're, they're fighting for fair elections. They're fighting for all this right stuff. It's just now that we're, we're on two sides because of who we follow. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like some of us are getting misinformation, but we, we learn from our authority figures. You know, we, mm-hmm. we trust people. And if you trust those people and they tell you lies, then you're going to think that those are truth, right? Yeah. So I think one of the biggest problems in our society right now is that misinformation as well as the two different types of leaders. Mm-hmm. You know, in my career, I've met hundreds of business owners and other leaders, and it seems like really there are two types. There's the type of leader that is really looking for solutions, consensus, trying to figure the answers out. Mm-hmm. But then there's this other type that is everything's a competition. They want to put mm. their thumb over people. They, you know, it's all about them seeing, uh, feeling superior. And a lot of times these people feel jealous and envious, and they just have a hard time dealing with other people that, uh, that may have something that they don't have. So, mm-hmm. you know, it seems like that's also the biggest fight in our world right now. You can see this throughout all of human history too, mm-hmm. that it's basically a fight between these two types of leaders, you know, that are want to help us or the ones that want to control us. <laughs> yeah. I also, it also sounds like, uh, like the battle between, uh, abundance versus scarcity, because if you're solution oriented, you, you, you kind of find it, you see it in yourself that you maybe have the tools to help contribute to the greater good. Like you're, you're not doing it for yourself. You're doing it for something greater than yourself, where I think people who are competitive, they feel like there's not enough resources or they feel like, just like what you said, it's maybe like an ego boost for them to, you know, like one up someone else. And it's always about like, how can I one up someone else? And so, you know, it, it's, and I hear what you're saying with politics. Like, uh, you know, I, I understand both sides very clearly and intimately. I'm very aware of both sides. Um, and, and, and I come to find that we all ultimately want the same thing, but just like what you said, exactly. it's with, you know, the leadership, maybe with mass media, you know, like our mainstream media, it's like, it's really, um, it, it's, it's somehow divided us. And, and I just don't think that's, I don't think it's unfortunate to be the, the space that we're in, which is why I really like your approach, you know, with the one movement to, um, you know, uh, find balance in many aspects of our life and to do it in harmony with other people and do it in a, in a compassionate way um, and not oh. in a way to, um, you know, belittle someone else or to, you know, um, destroy someone's building to build up yours. It's like, there's a way to do this together and collectively. Um, and I just think what you're doing is very uh, profound and revolutionary in its own way. I, I really much appreciate that. And 
you know, I just to build on that a little bit, um, when I look at the world right now, and I talk to all sorts of people, mm-hmm. um, it seems to me that this two-party system is part of the problem. It's because it's like a team mentality. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know if you're a team, uh, you know, a sport person, but, mm-hmm. you know, if you ever know somebody that's really into their team, it doesn't matter what happens. The coach changes, they, they get a bad quarterback, you know, it doesn't matter. They still right. love their team. So right. we have this mentality in our country where it's us versus them. It's our team versus your team. And mm-hmm. if you only have two, right, and the leaders of those teams push you to hate the other side, mm-hmm. then it's very hard for you to uh, join that other side, even if your team is bad. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because you're mm-hmm. in this mentality of a sports team, you're going to stick with them no matter what, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's loyalty, it's faith that they'll eventually get there. And I think that's one of the biggest problems because politics is not support. You know, yeah, this is a yeah. livelihood and who our leaders are uh, greatly determines the success of our country, you mm-hmm. know, and our own personal lives. You can't separate. Uh, this leads into one of the biggest problems that I always find in business is that um, there's some business owners that say, oh, you know, leave your problems at the door. You know, when you come in here, it's just business. Uh, your yeah. life really doesn't matter. And what I've found is that formula is a formula for disaster because mm-hmm. you as a, the business owner are a person. You're not a machine. You, mm-hmm. you need to have a balance in your life in all these different areas. If any one of these areas in your life, your health, your family, your relationships, um, your business, finances, whatever it may be, if any of those major foundations fail, it can ruin you. Yeah. So if you're not paying attention and keeping these in balance, uh, it, it can destroy you. And the same thing is true with your employees. You can't mm-hmm. treat them like machines or, or that they're uh, lesser people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They are doing the actual work for you. You should be right. thankful. You should be trying to give them as much support and help in their own personal lives as you can mm-hmm. uh, so that they can be happy and fulfilled so that when they come to work, they're not worried about their mom who doesn't have food right now or their you know kid who's on drugs or whatever it may be, that they have some type of knowing that their company is behind them and helping them uh, in all these different areas too. I don't, yeah. I, I don't want to say that they have to help them with their personal life per se, but giving them access to mm-hmm. time to be able to deal with things during the day. I've seen companies where they're like, bring your, your dirty clothes to work and we'll wash them. You know what I mean? I, <laughs> I, I can I tell that. you, I, I know it sounds funny, but um, a lot of people that don't have time because they work at home, if, they, if you help them with these little things in their life, mm-hmm. they are so appreciative of mm-hmm. the company that helps them with that. Um, and it makes them much more loyal. You know, if, you're, if yeah. your employees are happy, you have a much better company than if they really hate your company. <laughs> right, right. You know, I hear this conversation quite often that um, I think to simply put it, we're not in the first stage of the industrial revolution anymore. You know, we're not just going to the factory to do the same thing for hours at, on end laboriously and then coming back home and then doing it all over again the next day. Like we have um, evolved so much since then. Um, and so I just want to uh, say thank you for being part of that change to incorporate like empathy and compassion and humanizing the workplace um, and, you know, reminding people like, hey, these aren't the they're not, we're not machines. No, <laughs> if you no. wanted machines, you would have bought machines by now, but we're not machines. We're human beings. We have lives. And, you know, a lot of times working at a certain company is really a vehicle for these families or, you know, these individuals to pursue something else, like their dreams or family, like their hobby, whatever else they're doing outside, this has been that vehicle. And it's good to be aware of those things and see how you can support them. Absolutely. And, you know, if you do that as an owner, if you take care of all the different pillars of your own life, right, mm-hmm. and you're able to uh, balance that out and help your people do it, 
the whole culture in your business will change and they'll mm-hmm. be more productive. Um, I can't tell you how many, how many frontline workers I've talked to that hate the company they work for. Mm. Because they're always grinding them. They're always, you know, oh, we got to cut your wages. We're going to extend your hours. We're going to give yeah. you more work. But there's no compassion there. It's like, we, you know, what gets me too is we see this now, and I used, I've talked about this for years, that the, the people that are in the front lines, the, the people that bag the groceries, the people that drive yeah. the trucks, the people that do all this frontline work, they are not um, any less valuable than the top leadership in a, com- in a company. And think yep. about it like this. A lot of times in our um, world, we think of a pyramid, right, mm-hmm. as the structure of a company. You have mm-hmm. the, the, the super you know, powerful at the top and all the, the you know, lowly people at the bottom. But that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. In reality, it's more like a, an engine where mm-hmm. you have different components that all work together. And if any one of those components breaks, the whole engine shuts down. Yeah. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter if you're a, the president of the company, you're still a cog in this machine. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, as you, being a car guy, um, you know, it's like the, the $2 part can bring down your engine as much as the $1,000 part. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And if your frontline workers who are literally driving the truck, selling your stuff and everything else are feeling like they hate your company and don't feel like the management likes you, they're not going to service the people and, and uh, do the work as efficiently as they would. Uh, with the right attitude that you would like them to have right. uh, if you treated them better. So, you know, I think that people misunderstand too. Uh, one of the problems is, um, and I'm going to just venture off on this real quick, uh, is the money. We talk about people's lives. There's a certain amount of money. I call it the happiness level in the book. If you're mm-hmm. in that happiness level, it means you can afford your life. You can plan for the future. You can send your kids to school. You can do these kind of things. If you're below that level, depending on how far below, your life becomes very stressful. Mm. You become desperate, you become worried, you become anxious. And if you're having to go to work and you work full time, but you still can't get to that happiness level, even if you have two jobs, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's devastating. It's devastating to your family. It's devastating to everybody that, that, you know, it's, you know, it stresses you out. Yeah. But that same person were just boosted up. They would have more money. And I just want to say this to our economy. And I have this conversation with business owners all the time. If you really want to stimulate the economy, you need new customers. Mm. There are literally billions of customers in this world that are ready to buy products, but can't. And those Mm -hmm. people are working full time. They have jobs. They're just underpaid. And there's not one person that I've talked to that is underpaid that answers this question, uh, you know, in the negative. Like if you, if I gave you an extra $20,000, would you spend that money? They're Mm. like, yes, because I need a car. I need a dishwasher. I need to send my kids to school. I need to do, you know, buy shoes. I need to do X, Y, and Z. Those are your customers. So mm-hmm. just imagine in the United States, we've got you know, uh, millions and millions and millions of underpaid workers. If we paid them better, they would go out there and buy more and more products, which would mean the companies would get more customers, which means they could hire more people and, you know what I mean, build more products and so forth. It just spins and spins and spins. Yeah. Well, hopefully that makes sense. I, I, There's kind of a passionate, uh, passion of mine to help businesses see how they can not only make money themselves, but contribute to the society and make it yeah. better. Yeah, to me, I feel like you um, sound frustrated in the most positive way uh, possible, like most positive way of saying that. It's like you want to help them. You want them to help themselves, you know, and I imagine that the book, The Way, is 
part of that tool to say, hey, this is what, yeah, this is what you need. This is what you need to read and you need to be, need to be part of the one movement. Um, I just, everything, everything that you said, I'm just taking it all in. I, I really appreciate um, what you're trying to do. And, you know, again, putting, bringing the human back <laughs> into everything that we're doing. A business is not, a business is run by people. And I really like how you, um, uh, challenged really that pyramid, um, you know, pyramid in, in terms of, you know, how, uh, a, you know, the corp, like the cor- corporate levels like typically work and the job right. levels typically work and say, it's not, it's not a pyramid, it's an engine and everyone, yeah. everyone matters. Like everyone plays a role in all of this. And so, Absolutely. you know, it's, it's, um, it's something that, I feel like I still need a process, but overall, I just appreciate you sharing that and reminding all of us that we all have a part to play, um, I think is ultimately what, what I got from what you're saying so far. Yeah. And I, you know, when I consult with uh, businesses, um, I've been doing it for 20 years and now it's changed a little bit. I've got into the way when I consult with businesses, you know, it's helping them balance out their whole life, you know, the, mm-hmm. the owners. And once the business owners have better uh, relationships with their wife, with their kids, uh, with their friends, they're, they're healthier, they're, uh, you know, they have their balance in their body and their minds and their spirit and all these different areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, it changes their business. I mean, they yeah. see things that they didn't see before. And I think this, this, um, you know, conscience, uh, entrepreneur that is, I don't know what it says. Like the, the younger generation seems to get this. When I talk, I deal with startups all the time. A lot of mm-hmm. younger people in startups, obviously. Mm-hmm. They all want to make a difference. There's not one of these uh, startups that I've talked to, no matter what they're doing, mm-hmm. that wants to go and do it like the you know, 1900s you know, uh, way where you know, it's just grind your people down and make as much money as possible. They right. want to treat their people well and to make money and to uh, actually make a difference. So they're looking mm-hmm. at you know, starting corporations that help the environment, that uh, no matter what they're doing, they're going to they're gonna care for the environment. They're going to care for their people. And I really think that that is the next evol- evolution of business is this kind of caring type of business and not this destructive type of business. And you can right. see throughout history, we've been fighting this, right? You can look all the way back from slavery to serfdom, uh, you know, the, the early 1900s with, uh, you know, all the, the corporate leaders that were just grinding everybody down, destroying the world. Republican uh, Teddy Roosevelt came in and... Uh, you know, fought all the big corporations and tried to make laws that to protected people. And even Nixon mm-hmm. came in and started the EPA, right, to help to protect our environment. And it's like, uh, if you look at all the human history, it's been that way. Every revolution that we've had, it's all about, hey, you know, we matter. We people deserve yeah. to share in this uh, uh, great wealth that we're making and have great lives. I mean, there's no reason why. Uh, a business has to destroy people's lives in the world to make money. You know, it's yeah. just, it's, it's an old way of thinking and you right. evolve to this new way of doing things. Yeah. And that's where the way said. comes in because it gives you all those pieces. The, the way is cool because it, it not only covers your personal life, but society, how to, how to, you know, maintain your friendships, how to create better friendships. Yeah. Uh, it's an actually three book series. Let me just say this real quick. The first book is uh, all seven steps. It covers the full philosophy. Mm. The second book goes deeper into uh, step five of the way, which is the foundations of life and really shows you how to master those. And the third book is the child and family guide, which uh, kind of takes the, the other two books information and, and streamlines it down to help you raise your kids better and have a, a you know, more productive, happy family. And wow. you put all that together and it can help really change the world. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, I'm not doing this for me. I'm not doing this uh, to make money. I've, I, you read off my businesses. I could have you know, just kept doing those things my whole life. Mm-hmm. But this is a much more important 
mission and I've been on it my whole life. And now that I'm finally finished the book and I'm getting out there, uh, it's, it's funny that not funny. It's sad that the world is where it's at, but people keep telling me this is the perfect time for this. I mean, if there was ever a yeah. time for us all to need to know the, kind of the foundations of how we can be and fix our society, it is right now. And we're also connected, yeah. um, that we can change yeah. the world within, you know, a, a matter of a year or two. I mean, it, it's not going to take that long with our connectivity and the amount of money and people we have. So. Yeah, absolutely. And now that we're all stuck at home, <laughs> it's like we have the time. We don't have to commute anywhere. At least most of us don't have yeah. to. Um, and, you know, 2020 had been a year of a lot of self-reflection and, um, you know, hard choices for a lot of people. You know, they finally were able to face whatever they've been putting off for so long. And they finally said enough. And a lot of people are turning their lives around. They're pivoting. They're doing different things or at least trying to, yeah. you know. And um, I agree with you. I, I think that um, I think that this book couldn't have come at a better time. So, um, you know, with that said, Andrew, I, I feel like there's so much more we can talk about, but I, I think sure. that that itself um, kind of embodies like, you know, all that you are, all that you stand for and all that you're trying to do. Um, let me go ahead and pivot real quick for the sure. entrepreneur and the small business owners that are listening today, okay. um, because I know we talked a little bit offline that one thing you also want to do is provide as much as advice you can to these entrepreneurs uh, to avoid some heartache and pain. So, you know, share some knowledge with us, share, share us a little bit, a couple of more advice on, sure. you know, uh, of things that, you know, helped you that you wish other people would know now. <laughs> All right. No worries. Uh, yeah. We talked about the idea of you not being a machine, you're a person, yeah. Uh, yeah. not doing that. The, one of the things that I always deal with, uh, especially in the startup realm is, do you want to be a business owner or do you just want to create some service or product? And this is really important because mm -hmm. being a business owner means you have to do the business. You've got to know finance. You've got to know marketing. You've got to know sales. You've got to deal with HR. You've got to hire people. You know what I mean? The, the, the nuts and bolts of doing a business is very different than you're just sitting around going, wow, I came up with this really cool widget idea. You know, I just want to design that. So when right. I get into startups, I really try to figure out who in this startup wants to run the business and who wants to maybe just mm -hmm. uh, license something out and sell it and not really run a business. And when mm -hmm. you break it down, I would say probably 70% of business uh, startups, the reason they fail is because they don't want to run a business. Mm -hmm. They really just want some cool product. Mm -hmm. And especially when you get into the startup and you start talking to people, oh yeah, I can't wait to make millions of dollars on get my Ferrari. Right, the people right. that are talking that way aren't really into the business. The guy that's sitting there going, I can't wait to develop this product. I, I have an idea on how we can change this. And they come back to you day after day. Hey, I got another way we can develop this or we can fine tune it, fine tune this. That's the guy. Yeah. You know I mean, that's really into the business. He's not into the fame aspect or the money mm. aspect so much. Mm -hmm. Those are the businesses that usually make it. Um, mm. And again, there's uh, within that business, if you're doing a partnership, one of the other things I want to touch on is finances. Uh, mm. This I've seen this happen so many times in business. Um, I give you an idea. One of my uh, one of my friends actually owns a uh, very successful auto uh, mechanics place, and he has a bunch of different shops mm -hmm. and a business partners, wife, and everything else. But he's not so you know finance savvy. So what he mm -hmm. did is he put all his money in one bank account. He had people take pay you know the bills out of that account and everything else. And one of his uh, people that were you know working for him for years came up and took all the money and left. Oh my! And he's goodness. like you know. And it pretty much, you know, he couldn't pay payroll. He couldn't pay his rent. He couldn't do anything. Mm -hmm. So my advice is, one, have separate accounts, have a payroll account, have a, you know, and just put money in there uh, to cover that month or that, you know, whatever the bailiwick is that you're trying to cover there. And then keep the bigger money separate. Or if you're a business partner, require two signatures. Don't let 
uh, just your business partner be able to take all that money. Mm. Everybody can get desperate, okay? And it's mm -hmm. not, not anything against them. It just may be, you know, if you're going through a divorce or your child gets really sick, that this may seem like your only avenue. And yeah. as hard yeah. as it is, you, you have to keep your business going. So I would advise you to really look into uh, keeping your money separate um, and also taking your money out. Uh, I had a business where I would leave my money in the account because we were um, going to invest in some bigger things, right? And then mm -hmm. right before the investment partner would take all the money out. And then you're like, what's going on? Well, I'm getting a divorce. Like, oh my goodness. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. you have to, uh, you have to trust, but verify, you have to keep yourself safe. Um, especially when the finance stuff. Um, yeah. Does that make all make sense to you? Yeah. I mean, money is always, it's, it's, I don't think it's ever not been a sensitive topic, you know, for anyone. Like it, it's just, and yeah, when, when drastic times happen, like people make drastic decisions with their money. So I think everything that you have shared so far is profound advice. And I know that we can go on forever. And I know that you have a wealth of knowledge that you want to share with us, Andrew. But I think we want people to definitely check out your website, you know, sevenway.me to check out your book, learn more about the one movement and uh, really just uh, have continue the conversation with you um, after this interview. So, you know, with that said, I, 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 I think it's, I think we'll end it there for now and kind of make it a little okay. teaser for people to reach out to you. But, but <laughs> again, like 20 more things I was going to go through, but I, I guess yeah. no worries. No, no worries. But let, let, let me just share if, there, if there's one more thing, one or two more things you do want to share, feel free to um, share it now. And then okay, we'll one of the up. biggest nightmares I, I always see, especially this is corporate. Um, mm -hmm. If you're building a website, doing uh, media campaigns, brochures, I don't care what it is, mm -hmm. get the original files to whatever you're creating. And original files, like let's say you create this wonderful brochure and this media campaign, you have all these pictures, all these images, all these really cool things. If you don't have the actual Photoshop files, mm -hmm. right? And this is give you an example. We had a website, major company, I can't tell you their name, but uh, they had blues and all these different colors. And they just wanted to change the color of their logos and the and a slight change in the little wording here. They had none of the original files. That means you have to go and recreate every single image from scratch. And if you have people in there, yeah. you've got design aspects. It's not like the, the new developer knows where those pictures are, right? It, it could take mm -hmm. hours. You might not ever find that little you know, graphic that they had in your logo. Mm -hmm. So if you get the original files, the Photoshop files, you get all the layers to that. So when you get your deliverables, Make mm -hmm. sure that you get not only the final pictures and brochures and all that, but get all of the original files that these were created in and save them somewhere. Because mm -hmm. if you ever have to change anything, you won't have to recreate it. And it'll save you a ton of time and a ton of money. I can tell you, it took us a year and a half to recreate all the images for this company mm -hmm. because it was, it was a nightmare. I mean, it was mm -hmm. just like they had so much that needed to be changed and they had nothing. So. Wow. Crazy stuff. <laughs> that's a, that's that, that's really good to know, especially for people who aren't um, experienced with like graphic design. They usually just get the final product, but don't ask for the little details. My husband, whenever um, our designer gives us the final product, I always go back and ask, like, can you please give me the individual pieces, you know, to that image? Yeah. Um, and then we save it on like Dropbox, for example. But um, I really appreciate yeah. that advice. Um, well, Andrew, I, I feel like we had such an incredible conversation today. Uh, I want to thank you again for allowing me to be the 
the third person to <laughs> interview interview you in this kind of fashion. Um, and uh, yeah, I, again, I just want to thank you so much for your time. And I know that our listeners will really benefit from this and reach out to you. So thanks again for, for joining us. Well, thank you so much for having me. I look forward to seeing you again, maybe. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, let me just wrap this up for our listeners. Once again, this is Andrew Calderella. He is the CEO of The Seventh Foundation and Consulting Ace. He's also a best-selling author of the book, The Way, and also started The One Movement. A couple of websites to find him on are sevenway.me. That's number seven, W-A-Y.me. Also drugtestingace.com and consultingace.com. All right. And with that said, thank you all so much for joining us and we'll chat with you in the next episode. Tune in next time. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag UpMyInfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120 thousand social media fans totally free now can you also hook us up now in your podcast player right now please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review we promise to read it all and take action we believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world your feedback helps us fulfill that mission and while you're at it hit that subscribe button you know why tomorrow that's right seven days a week You are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Thank you.